You are listening to the Journey Christian Church Podcast. For more information and resources, visit us online at journeycc.net. Today's message is brought to you by Scott McFarland. We hope you enjoy. Hey, that was so great. I love what you just experienced with our Journey Kids ministry. And it's been a good, good morning of worship with the celebration of what we've been doing in missions work this month, and then the worship team leading us in praise to God, and that meditation about knowing God from our hearts and our minds, that's going to speak into what we're going to talk about today out of Mark chapter 6. I wanted to share with you a couple things just before we get started. Just a reminder that next Sunday, we are changing up our service times to prepare for ongoing services, indoor, outdoor, and so forth. So next Sunday is our 17th anniversary Sunday. Excited to celebrate that with you. And what we're doing is we're going to move our broadcast time to 9 a.m. from now on, moving it to 9 a.m. So you can tune in at 9 instead of 10 next Sunday if you want to watch the broadcast and be a part of our worship. And then at 11 o'clock, we'll be outdoors for an outdoor worship. Weather permitting, we'll be outdoors for quite a while now at the 11 o'clock service. So we'll be doing indoor broadcast at 9, outdoor at 11. Um, I want to also invite you to that tailgate celebration next Sunday at 9. So while the broadcast is going on indoors, we're going to be offering some breakfast food and coffee and waters and other things outdoors. would love for you and your family, if you're in Tracy, to come enjoy a celebration outdoors. Safe, distanced, but also uh, activities and things for the kids. So 9 o'clock next week, tailgate outdoors, 11 o'clock service outdoors. I also wanted to bring to your attention, the elders have been working through this over this last, what, 10 months or so, and we realize that things are changing, the state guidelines are moving more towards the direction of gatherings, so what we're going to do is prepare for February 14th to do an indoor-outdoor combination. So starting the 14th, 9 and 11, like we're planning, we're going to offer, Lord willing, we're going to offer the ability to register for seats at the 9 a.m. during the broadcast. So we'll have an indoor service with the broadcast at 9, outdoor at 11. The intent there is to support all of those people with different options that you need for your worship. It's crucial that we are starting to regather and do that as well. And we realize people are getting vaccinated now and others have already contracted the virus and have recovered from it. And many of you have expressed your need to be gathered. So we're going to create options to do that as safely as possible starting February 14th. More on that later, but I wanted to give you a heads up on that. We're just looking forward to celebrating our anniversary with you next week. We're in Mark 6 today as we're going through this series on chosen. And let me just restate this before we get into the message today. The purpose of this series is to help all of us see how we connect into Jesus' story. The idea as we go through the book of Mark is to see from Mark's perspective how the disciples were impacted by what Jesus was doing, what it taught them, how, what it showed them. And today, we're going to see how Jesus was concerned about their long-term health. Years ago, there was a guy by the name of Christopher Reeve who was the star of the Superman series. And some of you might remember him. Some of you are too young to remember this, but he was like the guy for many years as the Superman uh, actor who everybody associated with what supermen look like. And he, ran, he did four movies like that. Everybody was uh, flocking to him. He was well-known at the time. But in 1995, during a horseback accident, he fell off his horse, 
fractured his neck, his spinal cord, just below his shoulders and was paralyzed for the rest of his life. While he was in the hospital, according to his, his memoir, he, he got to the point where he could even communicate. It took him a while to even get to that point. And he and his mom were in the room and they know what's going on and trying to work through what just happened. And he and his mom were wondering, should we even continue? Is this going to be a life for you? Are you even able to function? What's going to happen for the future? And when his wife Dana came into the room, he finally mouthed to her the words, maybe we should just let me go. To which his wife Dana, through tears, persuaded him to fight back. And here's what she said. I want you to know that I will be with you for the long haul, no matter what. You're still you, and I love you. I want to hear you to hear those words again from his wife. I want you to know that I will be with you for the long haul, no matter what. You're still you, and I love you. Those words could be used by Jesus to speak to you and I today. That he's not just interested in a short run or a quick fix. He's interested in being your savior for the long haul. He didn't come to just die on a cross to quickly fix your sins so you could go off and do your own life. No, he calls you and I to be his chosen and to walk with him for the long haul. And that's what I want you to see out of a story that is quite common in the four Gospels. It's the story you've probably heard over and over if you've ever been to church about the feeding of the 5,000. But what I want to do is just flip the camera around a little bit today, and I want you to notice what the disciples are going through and learning and feeling out of this. Because while Jesus is feeding the 5,000 and demonstrating that he's the New Testament Moses, he's the New Testament prophet, priest, and king, to the disciples, he was showing them that he's in there for the long haul with them. Mark chapter 6 describes this story, and what I want you to see out of this story is that Jesus is teaching the disciples and you and I how to live for the long haul. What, what we need for the long haul when it comes to following Jesus and surviving a pandemic and getting through school online and all of the other things we're dealing with today. And I've been reading this and studying it for a few weeks, and I'm telling you, I'll just be blunt and honest. I needed the lessons that the disciples were learning that day, and you need them as well. And I guarantee you there is something out of this, a rhythm that you can learn from that will speak to you today to show you and I how we can live for the long haul with Jesus. Here's how it starts. Mark chapter 6, verse 30 says this, the apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Now just pause right there for a second. Let me explain. Prior to this, Jesus had sent all the disciples out to, to cast out demons and to minister in the towns around that region. So they're all out two by two doing this amazing stuff for Jesus. He had, he had this training philosophy with his disciples, three stages with the disciples. He would do for the disciples, then he'd do with the disciples, and then he would send them out to let them do the ministry he was teaching them. He does that with you and I too. He does it for us and does it with us, then he lets us do the ministry because his intent is to help us engage in the ministry he has and the kingdom work that he wants us to do. So the disciples come back and then, because so many people were coming and going that they didn't even have a chance to eat, <laughs> Jesus said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place 
and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. Now, just pause right there. Let's talk about the rhythm of rest. That is the first rhythm, not the last, the first rhythm we are taught from Scripture. I mean, I don't have time to do all of this today. I could spend the whole sermon on just this one set of verses. But remember how God created man in the original Genesis 1 and 2 story? How on the sixth day, according to that passage, man was created. And then the seventh day, he set aside for rest. Guess what? That's day one for the man and woman. They were taught first to rest. And Jesus is looking at these disciples and they're so busy with ministry and excited about what's happening. Maybe you've been there before where you're just so excited, so engaged, you're not even thinking about rest. You just want to go, 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 go. And Jesus is saying, that's not healthy. Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and let's get some rest. When he says the word rest there, he's not talking about sleep. I know that's how... Many of us associated like physical rest, sleep. That's what he, he's talking about more than just sleep. He's talking about restoration. Sleep restores your body with energy. Enjoyment restores your emotions with blessing. Relationship restores your soul. And Jesus is telling them, you need more than just to lay down for a few hours. You need true rest. Come with me, he says. It's not like go and hang out on your couch for a few hours. No, come with me because you can't find restoration of your body and soul and spirit without a relationship with Jesus. Let me say that again so you hear that clearly. You can't find rest or restoration of your soul without a connection with Jesus. That's what he's saying. Come with me and then by yourselves. Get, get away from all this other stuff around you. It doesn't mean you have to be alone. He's telling the disciples to go as a group. <laughs> I love that. And many of you are feeling that right now. It's one thing to worship at home alone. It's another thing to worship with a group of people that are like-minded, that hunger to worship with you. I know many of you are longing for that and that's exactly what Jesus is saying. We need gatherings, we need worship, we need discipleship together. We need the comfort and the rest that comes with group worship of Jesus. Come with me by yourselves. And then listen to the third thing he says, to a quiet place. Oh. When you hear quiet, you know what comes into my mind? My mom's voice from when I was a kid. All I need is some peace and quiet, which was really just code word for stop talking. Jesus isn't saying quiet like lower vo your volume. That does help. Jesus is saying quiet like remove all the distractions. Jesus is saying quiet like put down the cell phone and turn off the computer and shut off the TV and quit letting the world's distractions take you away from our time together. You can be all alone and still be in a noisy environment because the environment is distracting you from God. Jesus is saying, come with me by yourselves, even as a group, and I want you to get some rest by being still, by sensing our conversation together, by removing all of the distraction of the world so that you and I can have time together. And in these rhythms that I'm going to come through today, this is probably the one that all of us need some work on. 
If you take nothing else out of this passage, listen to what he says before he even does the miracle. Listen to what he says to you and I. Come with me by yourselves, even in a small group, to a quiet place. Let's get some rest. I wonder whether you're wrestling with that or resting in it. And I don't know about you, but I struggle as well with that whole idea that I can separate and segment my life and put some structure in place to get rest first. Maybe you need the rhythm of rest. Look what happens next, verse 33. But many who saw them leaving recognized them, all these disciples and Jesus, and they ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. And then verse 34, when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were sheep without a shepherd. So he began to teach them many things. Listen to that again. He had compassion on... They're supposed to be getting away, quiet place, rest. Remember Jesus? But he had compassion on all the people. And he, instead of looking for, just getting away from the crowd, he embraced the crowd and he started to teach them. When you put compassion and teaching together, what you get is a word that we use in the Bible called edification. It's a rhythm of edification. That's what he's talking about here. He had compassion, the heart of a shepherd for all the people, and then he had the heart and the truth of the mind coming to them. He would speak the truth, but he would connect them as a shepherd. You and I need both of those things. That's exactly what Josh was just talking about out of the Hebrews passage. We would know him in our mind and know him in our heart. We would have the connection relationally with Jesus to know his heart. And then the truth of Jesus to refresh our minds. That's edification. We don't need more knowledge. We need to be edified with the truth of God and the compassion of God. You need both. And here's what Jesus is doing. He's feeding them with his word before he even addresses the need for food. Years ago, when I was a youth at, in Columbus, Ohio, our youth group at our church went to this place called Faith Mission, downtown Columbus, Ohio, downtown, the heart of the city where homeless people gathered, and, and this mission was there that would bring people in every night, and what they did was, the first time I was ever there, it was shocking to me, they would bring them in this room, lock the door, because there was only a certain number of people allowed, they would be in this room and we lined up as youth along the wall and they would do a worship service before they got to eat their dinner. And when I saw this and they explained that to me, I was like, wait a second, no, I'm just a teenager, what do I know? I'm like, it feels like they're bribing these people. Like, okay, you gotta worship first before you're allowed to eat. But then when I watched these people come in the door and I saw their enthusiasm about being there and people that had nothing but with joy in their spirit to be in that room. And when they started worshiping, it was nothing like the church that I was going to at the time. They had heart and passion for worship. They expressed their love to Jesus, whether they could sing or not. It was awesome. And I was talking to a leader after that. He said, no, we don't, we don't use this to bribe them. Their soul needs fed before their body will ever benefit from the food. Jesus knows he has compassion on people. Even while you're tired and weary, he says, I, I see what this is 
needed here and I'm going to give them compassion and teaching because their soul needs fed with the rhythm of edification before their body will ever respond to food well. And friends, isn't it interesting that we make Jesus secondary to that? I'll go to church or I'll get in a group, but don't let it get in the way of my dinner. (laughs) Don't let it get in the way of my stuff for me. And what you and I need really is not more knowledge or information. What we need more is edification of the truth in our minds and his compassion in our hearts. And then the third rhythm, he says, look at what happens next. He's showing these disciples and the disciples there, and by this time it's late, verse 35, in the day, and his disciples came to him, and they go like, okay, just putting myself in this spot. This is a remote place, Jesus. Like, do you see what's going on here? It's late in the day. It's already so late, and people, just send them away so they can get food. Jesus, they've been here all day. We've been here all day. We remember what we started to do? We got in a boat. We came to this place because we were trying to get some rest, and now we spent the whole day helping these people. Send them away, Jesus. Verse 37. But Jesus answered, you give them something to eat. You give them something to eat. Jesus, what are you talking about? Like, put yourself in those shoes right now. What are you talking about, Jesus? How are we going to do that, he say, they say. That would take more than a year and a, a half a year's wages. Are you, you want us to go out and spend that much money on bread for these people? <laughs> what Jesus says, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they found out, they had five loaves, breadsticks, and two fish. Listen to that. He's talking about nourishment here, but it's so much bigger than that. Don't forget what Jesus was doing with the disciples at this moment. He's not even, it's not just feeding 5,000 people plus women and children. He's talking about feeding and nourishing his own disciples in a different way. Look what he says again. You give them something to eat. You know what I was noticing out of this that's so true for me? Maybe it's true for you. When you're tired or weary Isn't it interesting that you'd rather just buy the solution than fix it yourself? Like, come on. How many times have you said, I'm too tired to make dinner. Let's just go to McDonald's or Mexican or wherever you can go. Let's just go and buy the food because I'm too tired to make it. Or I'm too tired to, let me just get on Amazon and buy it real quick so I can get it because I just don't want to think about it anymore. Let let me just go spend the money on buy on credit because I don't want to wait any longer. Let me just go and use money. Let's just give to the church because we don't want to serve. Let's just do what we can with money. And listen, let me be clear. Giving to the kingdom of God is necessary. Somebody had to give the five loaves and two fishes. Somebody had to do that. But Jesus is showing these guys there's so much more. You can nourish so much more and you will feed so much more in your own spirit when you put your hands into it instead of just giving a hand out. Lifeline was here for our meal pack the last couple of days and we did everything we could according to procedure, trying to make sure all the groups were safe within each table and masks and, you know, head net, hair nets. I hate hair nets. Had those over, you know, masks and gloves and all this stuff. It was amazing to see the energy and enthusiasm out of 200 people gathered in small groups at each session, giving of their energy to pack meals for people that are hungry and hurting right now. And it reminded me of our first mission trip to Honduras way back in 2005 when this church started. Took a small group down there, met up with another church, 
I think it was a Tuesday or Wednesday night, probably a Wednesday night. We had worked all day scraping and painting walls to a children's uh, educational center, uh, sanding down rust so we could repaint bars and just all this stuff. It was physically exhausting work. And that evening we came back and we showered up and we had dinner. And then the leader of the ministry down there said, okay, we're going back to that same location to join their worship service. And here I am. I'm, the, I'm supposed to be the leader of our team. And what I'm thinking in my head is, I'm so tired. I want to go. But okay, let's do this. Let's go back. And that night we went back as tired as I was. I met two guys, Darwin Sanchez and Antonio. Darwin and Antonio, these two guys that were just growing in their leadership within the Honduras ministry there. And we connected, and I got to know those two leaders. And ever since then, we've had close friendships together for years. And I look back, and I remember coming back that night and getting back to the dorm. It must have been like 11 o'clock before we got back. I got back to the dorm. I couldn't go to sleep. I was so excited about what we just did. I couldn't believe the energy I had at 11 o'clock that I didn't have at 7 o'clock. And I wrote this in my journal. I never forgot it. Scott, felt like Jesus was saying, you have way more capacity than you think. Let me say that to you. You have way more capacity than you think. Jesus knew that his disciples had way more capacity, and so that's why he didn't say, go buy the food. He said, you do something about it. You give them something to eat because you have way more capacity than you think. So they bring the five loaves and two fish to Jesus, verse 39. (laughs) And he directs them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green. And they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties and taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and he gave thanks and he broke the loaves. And then he gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people. And he also divided the two fish among them and they ate and were satisfied in verse 43. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. And the number of men who had eaten that day was about 5,000. I want you to see this last rhythm here. The rhythm of rest, the rhythm of edification, the rhythm of nourishment. Those are all necessary. Every one of us need them. Why? Why do we need those three? Because there's one other one. The purpose of all of those rhythms is to have the rhythm of production for Jesus. He gave thanks and broke it and distributed it. And guess what? They didn't go around and just see all the food gone. No, they got to take baskets around and collect more for themselves. They had 12 basketfuls of food to bring back to their little discipleship group to hang out and enjoy and eat together. And not, I just imagine, they weren't just happy that they got to eat that night. They got to experience the glory of God through Jesus. I mean, think about it. Look at the connection. This is such a Jewish Old Testament connection with Moses. The manna is now physically seen in the I am. He not only fed 5,000, Jesus did it where Moses called for it from heaven. He is the I am. The 12 tribes of the Old Testament are now seen in the 12 future apostles of Jesus. And all of his authority and all of his kingdom is on display that day. And they got to be in the backstage watching it happen. See, here's a secret here. When you take what you and I have to Jesus, he can multiply it and do much more with it. 
And here's what I wrote down years ago at that whole experience in Honduras. Jesus can do more with my 90% than I'll ever be able to do with my 100. Jesus can do more with what little I have than I'll ever be able to do on my own. And you need to hear that. I have not talked about giving hardly at all through this campaign. And yet, Jesus keeps supplying and helping us through this season, and we've had better giving than ever before, more missions than we've ever done before. How is that possible? Because people of Journey continue to bring what they have, and God continues to multiply it. And if you're not participating in that, then you're missing out. Because the reason he asks us to have a rhythm of rest and of edification and of of nourishment is so that we can have this rhythm of production in his kingdom. (laughs) He has more for you. Just like he had for the disciples. And that's why I unabashedly call you as part of the body of Christ here at Journey, wherever you're at, to be a person that gives and serves Not because we get something out of it, but because he gets something out of it. Think the disciples were tired after that? I don't. I think they were charged up. And they discovered that rest is not just laying around sleeping, but it's participating with Jesus in restoring our spirits to him in nourishing and replenishing our energy as well as our body, in edifying our minds and our hearts with his truth and love, and then producing out of that what he has in mind for us. What a day. I don't know about you, I want to be a part of something like that. Yesterday, last two days, Friday night, Saturday, four different sessions, seven, eight tables running, 37,000 meals. What a day that was. And I can tell you to a person that walked in that room and served in, in that community, yes, we had concerns about making sure the virus was, people were protected. Yes, we've done our best to provide socially distant atmosphere. Yes, we did all we could to make sure everybody was safe and clean. But beyond all that, you know what was the best part of that? was seeing the joy of fellowship again, of being part of something that Jesus was doing. And he offers that to you as well. See, Jesus isn't concerned about just a project. He has something for your life. And he wants to go the long haul with you. So I'm telling you today to start right now, Sunday January 31st, we start a new month tomorrow. I'm telling you today to make an effort to pattern your life for the long haul. Put in your daily rest routine. Put in your proper nourishment routine. Do the things that patterns your life in the style that Jesus is promoting to these chosen followers. Edify your mind and heart and do something every day to produce what he wants to do in your life. You can start by changing your calendar right now. By setting aside worship and that day, that Sabbath day for you and your family to come with him to a quiet place and let him rest your soul. You can set aside appropriate times. I know this is going to be hard for Diane and I. 
So much for the chocolate at nine o'clock at night, but we can set aside appropriate times to nourish our bodies along with our energy. And so can you. And you can make the time to be in devotions and in groups and in settings where you feel the edification of Jesus, not just knowledge of what's in the Bible, but feeling it change your heart and your mind. You can do that because he's offering to you incredible rhythms for all that he wants to do in your life. And he's calling you to do it. And who knows? We might just see a miracle in the process. Jesus, I just pray for all of us today. This is, this is a message for me personally. I know I needed this, this topic and this story. And I pray that all of us would gain from it this heart call to come with you by ourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. Father, I need these rhythms in my life, and I know we all do. Help us to pattern our life for the long haul and to let you do your work through us. We pray it in Jesus' name, and everybody at home said, Amen. Friends, we've been so blessed to be connected with you through this broadcast today. Thank you for joining us. Pass it along. Share it with somebody that you know that needs to hear this message and, and the worship and share that as much as you want so that others can grow with us. We're looking forward to next week, 9 o'clock broadcast, 11 o'clock outdoors, and getting ready to celebrate our anniversary Sunday with you then. God bless you. Have a great day. We'll see you then. Thank you for listening to the Journey Christian Church Podcast. If you would like to support us as we pursue God and love people one at a time, please consider a tax-deductible donation by visiting journeycc.net slash giving.